0: Now, let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 16, verse 19, and we'll read to the end of the chapter. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Let's hear the word of God. Luke chapter 16, verse 19, reading, of course, from the authorized version. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from thence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house, For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded the one rise from the dead. Now, my text this evening is found in Luke chapter 16 and in the verse 25. And I've entitled the sermon from the text, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime. Now, these words were uttered by Abraham to the rich man in hell. Note the word remember. It means to recall to mind, lest you forget. You see, Luke 16, verse 25, when it says, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime, that's only one exhortation in the Bible to remember certain things. See, the Bible is full of exhortation to remember certain things. In fact, there's 210 exhortations in the Bible Um, so that we can think about, we can read and study and discover what the Lord wants us to recall to our mind. For example, think of Exodus 20 verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. There's a principle. One day in seven is set aside unto the Lord as a special day for rest and worship. In Deuteronomy 32 and verse 7, uh, God's people are exhorted uh, to remember the um, days of old. Uh, Deuteronomy 32 and verse uh, 7, remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations, ask thy father and he will show thee thy elders and they will tell thee. The book of Job exhorts us, for example, to remember the battle the psalmist exhorts us in Psalm 89, verse 47, remember how short my time is. Coming to the New Testament, we're told, remember Lot's wife, Luke 17 and 32. And in Revelation 2, verse 5, we're told, Remember therefore whence thou art fallen and repent. When we come to Luke 32, or Luke 23, verse 42, remember the dying thief. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And every one of these exhortations that I've mentioned from these texts of Scripture and all the rest, they're all worthy of a study. They're all worthy of at least one sermon. However, tonight, the Lord has laid in my heart the words of Luke 16, verse 25. Now, this is a a solemn subject, a subject that I would rather not have to preach on. And yet the Lord has pressed it on my heart. So so I, I, I must preach it. So I preach it with a sense of fear and trepidation. I I preach this message to the glory of God. I'm well aware tonight that the subject of hell, eternal punishment and damnation is denied today. It's denounced as something that's medieval. It's denounced as the stuff of myth and legends. But I want to tell you it's not. Look at Luke 16 verse 19. Let's read the scripture together. (coughs) There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. See, the Lord Jesus is telling a story. There was a certain rich man. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus. This is a real, true, historical story. Now, I, I believe that Christ knew who the rich man was. He didn't mention his name, perhaps for various reasons. We we don't really know why. But I want you to think of a rich man who's unnamed. And this rich man lived... This rich man has died in his sin, died non repentant. So the rich man dies, is buried, and the Bible says in hell he lifts up his eyes being in torment. Now, as I said, I believe this is a real, true historical story. The Lord Jesus is drawing back the curtains of eternity, giving us a little glimpse into what happens after a man dies and his body is buried. Remember, he's full of grace. He's full of truth. He's not a liar. He's not a a lunatic. This was a real man, a rich man, a man who lived in time, and yet the man died. Uh, And the man, sadly, after he was buried, ended up in hell being in torments. You see, it's a lie of the devil to say and suggest there's nothing after death. I've heard that. How do you know there's something after death? Here's the Lord Jesus speaking. You've heard the thought that we live, we die, and that's the end of it all. But but that's the devil's lie. And the devil is using that lie to deceive millions. And you see, millions of this motto, this mindset, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow I die. And, and nothing else matters. But that's not true. Now, now, we can't put our own interpretation on the scripture. As I've said, the Lord Jesus is pulling back the curtains of the great eternity. He's giving us a glimpse into what happens after a person dies and is buried. And that individual soul is still very much alive. That soul lives on. And I want you to notice this rich man's condemnation. What does it say in the text? Luke 16 verse 19. Well, we'll come to verse 23. 23. The rich man also died and was buried, verse 23, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. That's his condemnation. <clears throat> Notice this conversation then with Abraham from verse 24. Father Abraham have mercy on me. This is a cry that's too late. He lived and died without Jesus Christ. He's now calling on Father Abraham. Have mercy upon me. And what's he told? Well, here's part of what he's told. Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art to The word remember, it means to recall to mind. To have a recollection of former things. And I believe tonight that every one of us, outside of Christ, who dies in our sins without the Saviour, will hear the same words. You see, these words are addressed to all, young and old, boys and girls. As I've said, the word remember means to recall to mind, to recollect. And and, and even in hell, you you will think about your lifestyle. You'll think about your former things, things that you said, things that you did, things that you thought. What was this man to remember? what will you remember? You see, let me suggest something. You'll not lose your memory at the point of death. You'll have the ability to remember and you'll remember it all. You'll remember the place that you lived. You'll remember your parents. You'll remember the people you met. You'll remember the pleasures that you enjoyed. You'll remember the pursuits that you went after. You'll remember it all. Every thought, word and deed. Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime. Three things I'm going to suggest tonight that this rich man was to remember. Remember the religion you professed. You see, Abraham addressed him, and how did he address Abraham? Son, remember. How did this man address Abraham? Look at verse 24. Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And in fact, He said, in verse 27, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house. And again in verse 30, Nay, Father Abraham. So this rich man, I believe, had many great privileges. He calls Abraham three times, Father. You see, I believe that this rich man was a Jew. And do you know that Jews tonight, the Jewish people, are blessed with a great heritage. They have wonderful blessings. Blessings that no other nation in the world in the first century ever enjoyed. I see, I believe tonight that this rich man was born into a Jewish home. A home that had, no doubt, the uh, word of God uh, pressed upon it. Um, If you think tonight of the book of Deuteronomy uh, And one of the uh, things that every Jewish boy uh, learns uh, And it's these words in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And if you turn tonight in your Bible to Romans chapter 9, and you'll read with me in verses 4 and 5, um, just turn to that, Romans 9 verses 4 and 5, and Uh, we'll we'll think about the um, following words. Who are Israelites? To whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Whose are the fathers and of whom is concerning the flesh? Christ came, who is over all. God bless forever. Amen. Now, Now, think of these words. Who are the Israelites? To whom pertaineth the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law? The services of God. The promises. Whose are the fathers? And of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came was over all. God bless. For eight blessings are mentioned here. It's in the Bible's the number of new beginning. And you see God chose the nation of Israel to reveal himself to. He revealed himself to them as the true and the living God by divine revelation. That, that he's the, the God of heaven, the, the, the maker of heaven and earth. And this God entered into a, a covenant relationship with them as his covenant people. And it was to that covenant people that Christ came. Because remember, Christ was born a Jew. So think of this man now. He, he was rich, we know, but he was an Israelite. Think of the history of the children of Israel they can trace it right back to Father Abraham. He's the father of the faithful. He's the friend of God. That's why he addressed him as Father Abraham, because he felt he was part of that Jewish community. The adoption, does that not speak of a choice? God chose this people out of all the peoples and nations of the world. The glory, the Shekinah glory of God. Remember the uh, uh, cloudy pillar by day and the pillar of fire by night that led them through the wilderness? The covenants, oh, that's a subject all in itself. Covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, ultimately pointing to the covenant of grace and redemption. The law, this reference to the Ten Commandments. This this man knew the Ten Commandments. He was taught them as a child. He was taught the first four that deals with our relationship to God. The, the, the following six, our relationship to our fellow man. And if we love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, then we'll also love our neighbor as ourselves. Isn't that what the Lord Jesus taught? And he could recite this as a child. And maybe he recited it in the synagogue as a young boy. And you could see the smile in mummy's face and the delight in daddy's face as, as he would have reiterated every word. And, and it brought him a lot of joy and pleasure. Maybe even got a gift for doing it. Think about the services. The, the, the temple worship. Think of the great day of atonement. I have been in Israel in the great day of atonement. And everything comes to a complete standstill. You think of going back to that time when there had been a blood sacrifice. And the high priest would have took the blood and carried it within the veil at the Holy of Holies. Think of the promises. 7,300 in the Bible. Isaiah 41 and 10, fear not, for I am with thee. And promises to do with the land, promises to do with life, promises from the Lord, the fathers, the the teachers, the the old men that you, you looked up to and loved and respected. Remember, this is Abraham. He's the father of the faithful. And how did he address him? Three times in the book, pay close attention to that. He called him Father Abraham. You see, remember the religion you profess, son. You too are greatly privileged. We could itemize the privileges tonight. A good Christian home. A saved father and mother. The Bible, central to the life of the family. Brought to the house of God as a child the Sunday school, the children's meetings. You've learned whole passages of Scripture out of the Bible. You could recite them. You've had Christian friends at school. You've had Christian friends in the community. You've learned about Christ. Remember what Paul says in Galatians chapter 4 and 4, which is a, a lovely Scripture that's been in my mind all week. Galatians 4 and 4 But when the fullness of the time was come God sent forth his son made of a woman Made under the law to redeem them that were under the law That we might receive the adoption of sons You've you've learned and heard about the saviour You've learned and heard about God's great salvation That salvation's all of God and all of grace That's in Christ alone And you've had the privilege of being brought up In a gospel, bible, believing church that, That tells you it's Christ that saves And not the church and it's not the pastor or priest, but it's Christ. Acts 4 and verse 12. Neither is our salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. Here's the words remember, son. And we'd underline the word son. He's an individual in a close family relationship. Now, here's the point. Despite all of these privileges, and despite this religion, That he grew up in and professed. This man died as he lived. He died a non-repentant sinner. And he ended up lost in the great eternity. He knew all about his privileges. Yet he was not saved. He was not born again. And if he was religious, he was just pretending and faking religion. He, He was making a claim to be religious but he wasn't regenerate because he wasn't really repentant. He had never really truly received Christ. There was no evidence of a new life. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ is a new creature, all things have passed away and all things have become new and all things are of God. And I want to ask tonight this. Is that true of you that are listening to me? You have many privileges and yet they mean nothing to you. You profess to be religious, but you're not regenerate. You're not truly saved. Remember the Lord Jesus said in a Sermon on the Mount, a very remarkable portion of Scripture in Matthew chapter 7 verse 21, he said this, not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, think of them standing before him. It's the Last day, the great day of judgment, the books are opened. They're calling him Lord, Lord. And they're saying, have we not prophesied in your name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. They're professing to be preachers. They're professing, well, we have exercised demons in your name and we have done many wonderful works. Lord, I built this and I was involved in that. Look at verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And I want to say tonight very solemnly, for those who end up in this awful place called hell, you'll remember every gospel privilege. And you'll remember your father's and mother's prayers for you, even as a child. And you'll remember every text that was set in front of you. And you think you've forgotten them, but they'll be brought to your mind. Texts on a telegraph pole. Texts on a tract, text that you heard called out in the open air. You'll remember every time that you were in the house of God. You'll remember every time when you were not in the house of God and what you were doing. You'll remember the children's meeting, the choruses, the Sunday school. You'll remember the funerals, you'll remember the weddings, and you'll be able to recall it all to mind. But it'll be too late. You know, this man wanted to pray after he died. What was the first thing he said to Abraham? If you go back to our text of Scripture, what did he say there in Luke chapter 16? He said this, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy in me. He wanted mercy now, but he refused to pray before he died. He refused to pray, God be merciful to me, the sinner. Son, remember the religion you profess. Very quickly, remember the riches you possessed. Because we read in the scripture here, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime, thy lifetime. We know from verse 19 that there was a certain rich man. So I want you to think of this man being rich in Finances. Now, we're not told who he was. We're not told how rich he was. He's probably one of the richest men maybe in the whole of Judea or maybe in Jerusalem or in one of the other towns or villages. He was a very wealthy man. Did you know that John D. Rockefeller, whenever he died, he left $200 billion? Andrew Carnegie, he left $110 billion. Conor Vandervault, he left $100 billion. John Jacob Asher, he left $85 billion. That's four out of the ten of America's most wealthiest men. Do you know that Bill Gates has a fortune of $60 billion? Rich in this world's goods. But the first four died and left it all, and so will Bill Gates. And sadly, many today use their wealth not to serve the saviour, not not to lay up treasure in heaven, but use it to serve sin. Use it to serve themselves. And you see, all of these temporal and material blessings, they have got. They have been given. They, they have come to them as gifts of God's good, common grace. And yet they have used them for sin and self. They have forgot who God is. They have forsook him. They have abused these gifts that he has so graciously given to them. This was a certain rich man. He had plenty of gold. He had plenty of silver. He had otherworldly treasures. He maybe even had antiques. But what good were they to him now? He's dead. He, he, he's, he's left it all. And so did these others that I've named. He was one of the richest men in Christ's day. And yet he didn't have true riches. Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? He wasn't saved he wasn't born again he wasn't rich toward God I'll tell you this little story it's a true story Sam Houston was in Canada there was the world congress of fundamentalists I believe it was in Bob Jones University so that's maybe in uh, Carolina in America rather than in Canada and they're in a particular jeweler's shop And Sam was looking around and thinking of the wealth that was in the shop, the gold and the silver and the diamonds. And they were buying a particular trinket, I believe, for his late wife. And Sam, he decided to ask the man a few questions in broad Northern Irish accent. I don't think the man could understand Sam. But Sam wanted to know how much it was all worth in the shop. And before the man could think about an answer... Tell Sam what he felt that all his goods in the shop were worth. Sam started to sing, I'd rather have Jesus in silver and gold. I'd rather have riches than wealth untold. You see, this man was rich in finances. I'll tell you something else. He was rich in fashion. Do you, do you, I believe this man had a big house. It, it says in the Bible here... Of Lazarus, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate, full of sores. Big enough to have gates. The beggar was laid at the gate. He knew the beggar's name, but he never ever lifted a finger to help the beggar. We read in verse 21 and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Not only has he got gates, but he's got a table. It's called the rich man's table. And Lazarus desired to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the table. But we don't read of him receiving any food from the big house. I'll tell you something else about this man. Think of his clothing. The Bible tells us there in verse 19, he was clothed in purple. Do you know that? That's that's for royalty. That's for the most wealthy. That's for those that were amongst um, kings and, uh, uh, and queens uh, uh, as far as that day is concerned. It was a, a status symbol. He, he wore clothing that was fit for a king. The fine linen, that was to do with his undergarments. So he was a well-dressed, immaculate individual. He wore the finest that money could buy. If you seen him in the street, you would see his clothing and you would think well there's a well-dressed man and you'd want to call out to him probably we'll we'll call him as many have done uh, Mr. Davies the neighbours were looking and watching there he's coming now what's he wearing today he was rich in friends I, I believe he was a high society rich man I believe he had great parties in his big house. Parties that maybe lasted one, two, three days. Do you know that in the Bible, King Ahasuerus, the king of Persia, he had a party for 180 days. This man was rich in food. The Bible tells us he fared sumptuously every day. The best of food. Lots of it. And food, no doubt, that was wasted. He was rich in family. He had five brothers. No mention of father or mother. That they are probably dead. Uh, Look at um, 16, verse 28. It it says there, For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them. Now, I want to say tonight this. There's nothing wrong being rich in finances. You could be a billionaire. You could be a millionaire. And you could still be rich in faith because you're rich toward God. There's nothing wrong with being rich in finances. There's nothing wrong with having a nice home whether you've got gates and a big table, you should be thankful. And I have to tell you, that's one of the things that I would love. I, I would love to have my own home here in cardiff Something I pray about. Something that I'm saving for. Uh, th- this man had nice clothes, and there's nothing wrong with that, or a car, or nice friends that are loyal and true, or nice food, or a nice family. But what good are they if you're not rich toward God? If you're not found in Christ, because this man lost everything that was most precious, he lost his own soul. What shall a man give in exchange for his own soul? He, he, hears, he hears this man, and he lived for his riches. He had a love for them; they were his pride and joy. And yet he lost his soul. He's in hell, in torments for all eternity. I remember a rich man in Donica D. Speaking to me in the shore road He said to me as I uh, Approached him to invite him to the services In Donega Dee Free Church He said to me Look all around you This is my house, that's our granny flat That's my car, I've got a good bank balance I've got a good job and you've a cheek To come and tell me you need God, I need to repent But it's the Bible, it's not just the preacher Repent ye and be converted That your sins may be blotted out Here's a well healed man Well dressed, well fed He knows how to throw a party. But what was it all for? The Bible says, The rich man died and was buried and in hell lift up his eyes, being in torment. Remember the riches he possessed. He remember every one of them. And lastly, as we finish, remember the redemption. You reject it. You see, He could name the Old Testament prophets. He named Abraham as one of the great patriarchs. but, But he knew the Old Testament scriptures. Listen to this scripture from Isaiah 55, verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not yours thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This man knew the truth of Isaiah 43, verse 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my name's sake. This man knew Isaiah 53, verse 5 and 6, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with the stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. This man has a concern now for his brothers. He admits to Abraham he's in a place of torment he's been informed there's no possibility of escape and he doesn't want his brothers to come there and he's thinking of their need what do they need they need to repent it's not what he tells Abraham if you look back there at the text of scripture in Luke 16 listen to what he says nay father Abraham but if one went unto them from the dead they will repent they need to repent of their sin. They, they need remission of sin. They, they need to discover that God will abundantly pardon sin. They need to acknowledge their wicked ways, admit their sinners and deserve hell, and accept Jesus Christ and turn to him. Over in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 10, verse 33, we read these particular words. Acts chapter 10 and verse 33. Now, therefore are we all here present before God to hear all these things which are commanded thee of God? Um, The truth of the scripture is that all the prophets gave witness to, to Jesus Christ. This man knew the way of salvation. He knew he needed to repent. He knew he needed to be redeemed. He knew he needed to have remission of sins. He prayed, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me. As I said, he wanted mercy now, but it was too late. He was over the deadline. And as I draw the threads of this to a conclusion tonight. You've heard the gospel message many times. That's a wonderful privilege. You know you have a soul. You know you're a sinner. You know you need to repent and receive Christ as Lord and Savior. You, you, you even feel conscious of that. At times you think about it. At times you want to. And yet tonight you're still in your sin. But I want to tell you. If you die in your sins you end up in this awful place called hell where this rich man is, you too will go into that as a place of torment. And one of those torments, and we haven't even dealt with this subject, we haven't even scratched the surface, but one of those torments is the memory of a misspent life, of a life without God. You'll remember your citizenship, where you were born. You'll remember the comforts of home. You'll remember the canon of scripture. You'll remember every Christian you knew. This man knew Lazarus. Lazarus wasn't in heaven because he was poor. He was in heaven because he would repented. He was a beggar that turned to the Lord and, and trusted in him. This man knew all about Lazarus. He knew his name. Did Lazarus witness to him? Maybe coming in and out through his gate? I would say he did. And there's Christians who witness to you. About you coming to faith in Christ. And you'll remember their name. And you'll remember the time and the place and the incident. And you'll remember their life. You'll remember their lip. Here's what happens to a soul in hell in the place of torment. The memories of a misspent life. Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime. Remember the religion that you professed. Remember the riches you possessed but remember the redemption you rejected because you died as you lived, unrepentant without Christ. I close with this story. I want you to think of a 100-year-old man called Luke Short. He's celebrating his 100th birthday. Stanley's 89 today. You heard me saying that. So this man had 11 years on Stanley. He's called Luke Short and he's 100 and he's celebrating his birthday. And he's as fit as a fiddle. He's as fresh as paint. He's sitting under a tree. He's emigrated to America. And he's, he's just contemplating and thinking about his life. And as he sits under the tree, the Holy Spirit brought a text of Scripture to him. Do you know what the Scripture was? My spirit shall not always strive with man. Just like a bolt of the blue in his mind. Where'd that come from? See, that was the Holy Ghost working. Where did he hear that Scripture? He heard it 85 years previous he heard John Flavel preach when he was a boy of 15 on the Sabbath before he left to go to America and he'd lived 85 years without God and God had blessed him materially God had blessed him financially God had blessed him physically with strength and he was sitting there and he just thought God you've been good to me I've lived without you And at that moment, he bowed his head and he said, Lord, I repent. Lord, I receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I want to say as we finish this service, what I want you to do tonight is this. I want you to sit where you are. I want you to ponder the things of God. I want you to have a clear memory now, not in a lost eternity. Here's the message, repent and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Our God will abundantly pardon through faith in Christ. You don't need to remember the messenger, but remember the message. Luke Short remembered the messenger, the very message, and the means that God used was a spirit to bring him to faith in Christ. And our prayer tonight is, young man, young woman, if you're here without Christ, boy or girl, doesn't matter who you are, if you're listening online, If you're not saved, remember if you die in your sins, you'll have the memory of a misspent life because you forgot and you forsook the Lord. Soul, remember that thou in thy lifetime. May this remembrance evening, the Lord take these words and apply them to our hearts to bring you to Christ.